Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Anne, and I'm here with Jess, and we're back just kind of in our Christmas break. Not exactly sure what the Soul Grit Podcast future is for the next couple of weeks as I'm still recovering from my stroke. If you didn't hear that story, it's on the previous episode that I released right at the beginning of December. And I'll link that in the show notes in case you didn't uh, hear about that. But I did have a little stroke in November, which caused me to have a different December than I ever have had before, where I've mostly been on the couch and mostly not doing any of the things that you would expect to do during the holiday season. So um, just say hello. Hi, guys. You also had a little bit different of a holiday season, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, just between illness, like we were I mean, just launching that body series (laughs) and you had your stroke. And then my family has just had back-to-back illness, you know, either my extended family or my family. So, and then with the weather, I've just been staying in too. So yeah. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about what's going on with the weather there in the Midwest. Oh yeah. It applies to what we're talking about a little bit today. We'll talk (laughs) about it, but um, no. So it, has been frigid cold, which Indiana is known for being cold, but like colder than normal cold. So negative 35 wind chill, um, running like our electric heat and our furnace. So whenever it's that cold, I definitely do not leave the house. Um, I don't like leaving the house if it's under 32. So (laughs) definitely not when we're in the negative. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk about spoon theory. If you've heard of this before, this will all make sense. And if you haven't, we're going to explain it and and talk about why we wanted to. But things have been really different for us in the last couple of months. And so we're approaching life a little bit differently because of that. Um, We have limited physical ability and mental and emotional ability. And that's really change the outlook. So let me just explain a little bit about what spoon theory is. Um, So back in 2003, a woman named Christine Miserandino was talking to her friends during a, a dinner or something like that. And she had her best friend asked her what it was like to have lupus. It's an autoimmune illness that she has chronically that um, causes pain, causes fatigue, causes her not to be able to live her life in the way that she would like to. So it's really hard for other people to understand when you have an illness like that. Um, we might call these like the invisible illnesses where mm-hmm. on the outside, you look pretty normal. You don't have bumps and bruises. You're not wearing a cast or a bandage. You're not limping or having a cane or a wheelchair, but there's something going on on the inside that prevents you from 
functioning the way that you would like to function. And I also think that mental illnesses often fall in this category of invisible illnesses because you look fine. Yeah. I mean, unless you have some type of like psychotic yes. illness, like schizophrenia or something where you're acting really strange, uh, you won't know necessarily if somebody has anxiety or depression or um, one of these common mental illnesses. So um, this woman, Christine, she w- explained to her friends just using what she had on hand. They were eating dinner. She grabbed the spoons from the table and she said, imagine that you only had a certain number of spoons in a day and the spoons being uh, just a random illustration for the amount of energy that you have. So units of energy. <laughs> so you have a certain number of spoons and some days you get more than others. And she described how certain tasks or activities uh, used a certain number of units. So let's say brushing your teeth might cost you one spoon, but getting up and going to work is like four spoons. Um, So throughout your day, you're required to pay via spoons for all the activities that you do. And sometimes you just don't have as many or the things that you do cost more spoons for a person with an illness than they do for a person without an illness. And Jess, you think I'm explaining this right? Yeah, no, I think it's a great way to put it because I think with, with the spoon theory, um, like you said, it's just kind of a, a random, (laughs) a random thing that she just happened to pull um, to talk about units of energy. And I think the thing to emphasize, and you said it really well, is that sometimes we can start with less spoons than maybe someone who's not struggling with some type of an illness. Um, but also in that it can cost more spoons. So you might start with less and certain activities are costing more spoons than someone who is not struggling. And so that, that can be really important in terms of the impact of what our spoons are doing, what we're doing with our spoons. Mm -hmm. So if you're a normal, um, healthy, high functioning person, like brushing your teeth is not even something that you consider to be a drain of energy. (laughs) Yeah. It might not even take spoons. And I did hear one person was talking about spoons and they talked about like for some people taking a shower, costs spoons, Mm -hmm. but for some people that might actually give back spoons. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that is a piece to consider as well. Yeah. So what, what I see sometimes with people, especially like with depression, I would say like brushing teeth and taking a shower and doing those, um, personal hygiene items that you do every single day, those tend to cost a lot of spoons for people with depression. But if you're not depressed and your body's feeling pretty good, like those are just normal, the things that you do to get to the other things that are going to cost you energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As you're talking about, I was just thinking about a conversation I just had with my husband yesterday and he was dealing with a little bit of anxiety and was like, you know, I just felt the need to go stand outside, which it's frigid cold here. Okay. (laughs) I just need, I just felt like I needed to go stand outside and going and standing outside for him added spoons back Mm -hmm. for him. But when I go stand outside because it's frigid cold, it takes my spoons, right? And so I think it's important that we don't get too caught up in the 
um, well, this is how many spoons everything costs for everybody, because it's going to be very different for each individual person. So you can tailor, that's what I liked about it is you can tailor it to what your needs are, what your personality is and where you're at each day. Cause I think each day it can change, right? Like if you're having a pretty good day, it might only cost one spoon to take a shower. But like you said, if you're in a very low spot in depression, it could cost you four spoons that day. Yeah. And so just to clarify, mostly this theory is adopted by people in the chronic illness community. Um, they call themselves spoonies if they <laughs> use this theory. Um, and there's different, like on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on different social media platforms, there's um, communities built around this theory uh, so that people can relate to others that have the same kind of energy drain that they have. Um, so even though it was originally kind of developed and adopted by people with chronic illness, it really applies, I think, to any of us. Like, I don't have a chronic illness, but I had a major medical event. And so what I'm learning now is that um, before I had like really a lot of spoons. <laughs> like I'm a high capacity, high energy person. And even though I struggled with depression, like for the most part, if I'm not depressed, I'm go, go, go all the time. Yeah. And now since I have been recovering from my stroke, I have a lot fewer spoons and I've had to decide in my day, okay, I, I know I want to do my basic hygiene items, but even showering became less because I'm just sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to decide, okay, if I'm going to need to go with my family to the grocery store, That means I'm not going to be able to go to some other errand or have this other um, visit with family or something. Like I have to, if I know there's a social obligation coming up and that it's going to be a two hour event or something like that, I'm not going to plan anything else in my day. I'm going to plan time on the couch so that I can store up energy or recuperate after, um, having some kind of an event so that I can manage my spoons and make it to the end of the day. Yeah. And it's so different, right? Because like you said before, it seemed like maybe you had seemingly endless spoons, right? Like you're, (laughs) even though nobody gets unlimited spoons, right? Nobody gets unlimited, but you had enough spoons that it really wasn't anything you had to put a lot of thought or effort into of just like, I'm just, this is what I'm doing. I'm living life. And now there's an irony to this, isn't there, that now you're even having to, it might even take one spoon to think through how you're going to spend your spoons because now you're having to budget them Mm -hmm. and allocate them in the things that are your priority. And even like with showering, that might not be a priority that day because A, you're not expending a lot of energy, you're not sweating a lot, mm-hmm. and you want to spend more spoons um, maybe sitting and talking with your family or playing mm-hmm. a board game or whatever it is because that holds higher value and priority that day. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that I just didn't really have to consider because there was always like a reservoir of energy than I had. And and now I have the desire to do all of those things. I want to be 
social. I want to be productive. I'm at home during Christmas break wanting to clean out closets and things. But I know if I choose to do those things, then I have to borrow from something else. And the other thing that I'm borrowing from might be something that I really shouldn't like being able to care for my children, you know? Well, and I think we didn't plan on talking about this today, but I had heard, yes, it's from TikTok. Listen, guys, we don't, I don't recommend that we diagnose ourselves off of TikTok. Take in what you read in here on social media with um, just a critical view, right? Let's think critically about the things we hear. But I did hear this audio um, that I've seen circulated quite a bit where he does talk about, he uses a a non-podcast friendly word in in that audio that um, is just, it's not podcast friendly. So I'm going to change the language where it talks about your cares that you have to give, right? And so what you're kind of (laughs) describing... I can imagine what word you're talking about. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. What you're kind of describing there is right now you have the care to give, you have that desire to get things done, but you don't necessarily have the energy, whether that's mental energy or physical energy or even emotional energy, it's just not there to give it. And what you're talking about is this awareness of that and being able to say, I I have the care to give, but I don't have the spoon. I don't have that energy unit to give to it. Sometimes what we see when you're not, when we, when I see people who don't understand this concept is they, because they have the care to give, they either will have anxiety about it. And then that leads to this negative self-talk of like, I'm just so lazy. I'm so worthless. I'm, I'm an awful person because I want to get this stuff done and I'm not doing it. Or it leads to that push. I'm just going to push through. I'm going to ignore my spoons. I'm going to pretend like I have plenty of spoons. And then that leads to exhaustion. Because here's the thing with the spoon theory is that you can borrow spoons from the next day, but then that puts you in a deficit, right? And so then you're, you're going to have less spoons the next day and it can take days Mm -hmm. to recoup your spoons. And so I think it is important. I, I really like that audio because it talks about the difference between having the energy to do it and then the motivation to do it. And those are two. Yeah. Those are two really different things. Like for example, if I don't have spoons and I don't have cares, that's going to look a lot like what we would think of as depression, right? Like that um, clinically depressed person Mm -hmm. who they're just not wanting to get out of bed and they don't really care to get, (laughs) don't want to, I don't care. And I don't have the energy. I'm not going to do it, but you might see situations even where someone has um, the spoons. So they have the energy, but they don't have the care. The motivation (laughs) is just not there. So yeah, they might get it done, but they don't care. They don't care if it gets done. Or they're going to use their energy more on personal um, fulfillment, um, going and seeking adventures, like doing what they want to do for themselves. Yes. But not necessarily those tasks that are necessities Mm -hmm. that need to get done, but maybe they're just not as fun to do, right? right? There's no immediate gratification. And kind of what you're talking about, your pre-stroke self, I don't, it's not appropriate to say you can okay. tell me or not, um, but is that like you had the spoons and the cares. So you are able to really get a lot done. And so sometimes it can be helpful to differentiate. Like we're not talking, we're not, ta- when we're talking about spoons. We're not talking about motivation. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a desire. And I think when we 
bring those two things into focus. It can help us really understand today. I really have the care to give, but I don't, I don't have the spoons. And what you're talking about here is such a healthy way of approaching that of saying, okay, how can I practice kindness towards myself? And part of that kindness is what is important to me? What is important to me really when we build a you know, a values list or a priority list that I want to spend my spoons on. How can I spend what I do have to give well? Yeah, exactly. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com slash courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. I know that there are some other directions that Spoon Theory has gone since in the last 20 years. You know, people have kind of adapted it to the different needs. I Just a quick Google images search pu- pulled up. Uh, infographics that talk about using spoon theory with mental illness, with neurodivergence, with, you know, different kinds of uh, issues that you might have. And so I know, Jess, you did a little bit of research. Do you want to share with us some of these different branches? Yeah, this is where I think spoon theory is kind of divine in and of itself, right? Because we feel like, man, spoons, what a random, what a random thing to choose. And I, you know, think some people have an issue with spoons because it's like, well, there are a lot of utensils in the kitchen that I can pull from. And I'm like, no, I really like spoon theory because of how people have been able to take spoon theory and relate it to other things using other utensils. I think it's personally really cool. Um, I think it fits better than even something like I've seen other people use uh, metaphors of like currency or poker chips or stuff like that. Right. And that can be a great way to explain it, except with spoon theory, we can look at it from other ways. So one theory that I learned about was um, fork theory. (laughs) Okay. So fork theory. So think about a fork. A fork has these different prongs on it, right? Whereas a spoon, um, it's just a little bowl on a stick. That's how I'm, that's how I'm gonna explain a spoon. <laughs> okay. And so we have forks with prongs and fork theory is often um, used when talking about um, neurodivergence such as ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. So think about ADHD and how um, one task. So when we talk about spoons, we're talking about one task, right? So we've talked about, for example, taking a shower. Mm-hmm. That for um, someone who is not struggling with um, any type of illness, that might just be one spoon. But for someone with ADHD, each just one individual task can actually quote unquote prong off. Okay. So it separates into many smaller tasks just to get that one task done. So for example, let's continue with the idea of taking a shower. We've talked a lot about that. Well, when we're talking about taking a shower, 
I might just be like, okay, I need to take a shower. So I've got to go take a shower. But for someone with ADHD, that is broken down into, okay, so I need to get a towel. Okay. So now I'm going to go find my towel. And I realize while I'm finding the towel, I did not do the laundry that I had meant to do a few days ago. So because that's on my mind right now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go start the laundry. So I turn on the washer. I, you know, get it ready. And while I'm standing in the laundry room, I realize, oh no, the floor is dirty. So I go and get the broom and I sweep the floor and I get the dustpan. I go dump it in the trash. Oh no, because I'm dumping it in the trash, the trash is full. So do you see all of my prongs now that I'm created? I'm just trying to take a shower over here, (laughs) but now I have all these directions I'm going in. So then I take the trash out. And before I know it, I haven't even started the laundry all the way. I haven't put the soap in. I just started the washing machine and I still have not taken a shower. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine from this idea of now we have all these prongs and directions that we're going in, how that looks a lot different than just it costing one spoon. And I like fork theory too, because have you ever heard that phrase, um, just put a fork in it? (laughs) which means we're done. (laughs) So I heard someone explain it like this. Um, So this actually can really speak to that concept of task paralysis. Mm -hmm. And so what task paralysis is, is it's this overwhelm of um, getting, it's hard to get things done because I'm not even sure where to start with it. So say I'm trying to clean my kitchen, but then you think about cleaning a kitchen, you've probably got dishes, you've probably got trash, might even have like bowls that you need to empty into the garbage disposal. There's a lot of steps to that and that can feel really overwhelming. So then you think about all of those prongs that, that this one quote unquote simple task has turned into poking you over and over and over again. You put a fork in it, you're done. (laughs) Right. So that's task paralysis. But then I also learned about knife theory, which I thought was fascinating. It also applies to ADHD. It's under the category of fork theory. And it's where um, it's a way to explain the opposite end of that, which is Mm hyper-focus. And that's where we We'll stick with one task and we abandon all the other tasks that need to get done. And so it might be, you know, I hyper-focus on, for me, it was studying a couple weeks ago. That's all I did. Mm -hmm. All I did was study at the cost of my health, at the cost of spending quality time with people because I was with my knife. That's all I was doing is I was sawing away at studying, um, so I think that this can just be a fun way to explain even what's happening if if you're struggling in that in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good explanation. I hope that really helps some people understand um what's going on sometimes with the energy expenditure because sometimes you may feel like like you said, I just need to do the dishes. Why is this so hard for me? Why can't I keep up with this? And really it has so much to do with all the other peripheral tasks that are involved in getting that done. It also reminded me a little bit of how, um, I'm just going to stereotype a little bit, but like men's and women's brains often work differently in, in some of these areas where men tend to be more um, singularly focused like yeah. one track mind will say, but, yeah. but like the, operating on a single task at a time, whereas a lot of times 
women will have like these these tentacles that are reaching into all these other things that need to get done while they're trying to accomplish one task and it reminds me of like the mental energy that's needed to go to the grocery store and pick up the groceries Mm -hmm. is just one small part of knowing what's already in your pantry in your fridge creating a list, knowing what things you're going to want to cook that week, what groceries are going to be needed for that, what order you're going to buy them in. Because if I'm making pad thai and I need bean sprouts, that's going to go bad in one day. And I'm going to have to make that first. But I also know we have this evening event. And so I'm not going to be able to make it that day. But if I don't buy my groceries this day, you know, like it goes into this whole uh, expenditure of mental energy. So even though um, maybe one partner is doing the actual act of buying the groceries and driving to the store and putting them in the cart and paying for them and all of that. Like the person who is doing the mental energy may have already expended more spoons. <laughs> yeah. Well, and hopefully our listeners are having the same reaction I'm having as you're talking about, because I think this is something we don't talk about, but as you're talking about, I'm like, you too, that happens to you too, <laughs> because I sometimes can go into that place of like, I know that meal planning is important, both financially and health wise. Right but then I'm not doing it. And I had this conversation with my husband the other day, cause I'm just like, I know that this is important, but it's not getting done. And having to explain to him how much effort it takes me just to get the meal plan put together because of that, I'm having to think through what do we currently have? What are my kids going to, y'all don't judge me. Yeah. What are my kids going to eat? No, that's <laughs> right? a whole other layer. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to cost me energy if I'm having to fight with them to eat it, to beg them to eat it, however you want to look at it. Um, and so by the time it's time for me to actually go to the store, I'm y'all, I'm done. Like put a fork in me because I'm done. Do you see all the prongs that are happening even in that piece? And as you're talking about it, there is this like part of me that no, it doesn't like solve the problem, but it helps me to know oh, I'm not alone in this. And this is part of what's going on and why I'm struggling to get the things done that I know are important and I know need to be done, but I'm unable to do them. I'm constantly bumping up against something. Um, That is such a a great example because I think we all really struggle with that. And if you don't break it down like that, it's hard to realize what because I know is. in your family, like sometimes your husband does do the grocery shopping. Sometimes your husband does do the cooking yeah. and yeah. yet I don't, and I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I don't know if he knows, is there enough mustard in the fridge, you know, like, or does he yes. know what's in the pantry? Does he know where to find these ingredients in the store? Like those, those things are all, all layers. Like in, in my family, I, I pretty much am the primary person that does all grocery shopping, yeah. planning, and cooking. And so being out of that for a month and having to depend on other people to show up with meals or, um, you know, spaghetti and meatballs is typically a, a meal that my husband can handle. But, yeah. you know, that, that's been really different um, because, like you said, I have the cares to want to have healthy meals for my family. I don't have the spoons to be able to prepare them. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. Right. And yeah. So in my family, we've actually had to make a big adjustment, you know? Um, So I kind of went through that adjustment a couple of years ago when I started grad school where my husband did pick up, he does probably 90% of the cooking Mm -hmm. in our house, but it, 
it requires me to do the meal planning. If I tell him what is to be made, he can do it, right? And he does really well at it. He's actually a better cook than I am. So he gets the award for that in our home. But it's all this stuff up leading to that, that costs, frankly, more spoons than I have to give some days. <laughs> um, and it is very hard because I do have the cares to take care of my body, to feed my family nutritious meals. But to think through that yeah. can be really difficult. It's most days easier to just be like, well, we'll just pop a pizza in the oven. Right. Or we'll just call in something to be delivered. That takes way less spoons for me. And that can be really hard. So sometimes I do have that conversation with him of, I think we need to, when we're meal planning, think realistically about our future. I don't say it like this, but essentially think about our future spoons. What are we actually going to have to give this week if we have, like we did our segment on busy families, right? If if we're spending spoons running from one event to the other event or busy with the church things, whatever it is, we might not have the time or the spoons to give to cook a, a full meal at home from scratch. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. But how can we adjust and make what I call those good enough choices for now, right? That that help meet some of the cares, but not to the level that maybe my cares want to give, Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is resonating with some people because, you know, I would really like to have a podcast come out every week and I would like to be able to serve my full client load. And I would like to be able to have a really fun um, time with my family over break, but I'm not capable of all of those things. So what I've done is, you know, just an episode here and there, and you're just going to have to be surprised about when one's coming out. <laughs> Cause I don't know. Yeah, that's good. I like and it. I've uh, kind of whittled it down to seeing about five or six clients of, over the course of the whole week, like yeah. usually one a day, because I got a spoon for that each day, but I need to recharge. Um, and just seeing the people that, you know, are really needing to not wait for me to recover. And then there were a lot of people that I'm seeing that are just, they're going to be okay with taking a month off of therapy and, you know, check in via text here and there and make sure everything's okay. Offering them other clinicians that can help out if, you know, something comes up and I'm not available, but, um, just kind of whittling down, like, what's the most important thing for me to do? right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I'm operating and I really don't have a good idea of how long that's going to be. Like yeah. like you when you had your surgery in the fall, like they tell you oh it's probably about this many weeks until you're going to start to feel normal. But like you had said something like you bent over to to do something with the dishwasher and then mm-hmm. Oh, well, that set me back a week, you know? (laughs) Yes. And you just, you never, you just don't know. Right. And I think even that, like I'm cleared now, but I still don't feel like my physical self that I did before. It's just different. Right. And And that can be, yeah. And it, it can be so hard to just have that I always tell people, be kind to yourself. It's so hard to practice towards yourself. Can I issue, um, maybe a challenge for our listeners and even ourselves, because in the time that we, you know, aren't recording the podcast, that time is still set aside in my schedule. And so I have set the challenge for myself to during that time, do something that gives me spoons back. Yeah. 
So we've talked a lot about spending spoons mm. and how <clears throat> things each day cost spoons. But I think it is important to understand there are certain things that we can do to help us either save spoons or add in spoons. Mm. And that's those self-care activities, the things that feel like they fuel your soul, right? They're restoring, they're restorative to your soul. Um, and so I would even challenge listeners that the weeks that you, um, go and you're trying to look for a new podcast from soul grit and you don't find a new one, take that as a time to challenge yourself to say, okay, how am going to spend the next 30 minutes doing something to add to my capacity, add to my energy bank, add to my spoons. Um, That has been a very useful thing for me um, to help me not feel like I'm just, you know, floating on by, but this time is still purposeful. Yeah. So with that, I I do want to wrap us up, but this is a perfect opportunity because, you know, when we, whenever I do an interview, I ask them, what are you doing for soul care? So I'll just, we'll end with this. Like right now in your current life, what's adding spoons? Adding spoons for me right now looks different than the last time you asked that, right? Mm Because the last time you asked that, I was like, going for hikes, doing all this activity. And right now, that's just not what I'm doing. And so um, cuddling with my kids on the couch, Mm -hmm. add spoons, talking to my teenage son when he's willing to talk to me, (laughs) adds in spoons. Um, That... I really think for me right now, it's that dealing with my self-talk. It's dealing with that, like, hey, it is okay. It is okay Mm -hmm. to sit on the couch for several hours in a row. Like, that really is okay. Because I think sometimes I do that trying to add in physical spins, but then expend the mental energy beating myself up. And Mm -hmm. so then it's not really restful. Um, I have started listening to audiobooks that I want to listen to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's, that's a, at- a post-grad school thing to do. <laughs> and it is such, yes, it's so life-giving. I had to take a little break from just listening to anything at all because my mental spoons were shot. They were just gone. Um, but now that I'm getting those back, listening to things I want to listen to. What about you, Anne? What are you doing right now to give yeah. spoons back and take care of your soul? Well, sleeping as much as I need to yeah. because I can have, and normally I can have that like rush of, I have to be productive. So I have to get up at a certain time and stay up late and just go, go, go. And right now I'm just like, I even told my family for Christmas, like, we're not going to do it super early because I need to sleep. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And I ended up waking up early anyway, so that doesn't matter, (laughs) but, um, sleeping. And then, um, you know, I really had this period of time when I was in the hospital where I just felt like God went really quiet. Like I had to really like, yeah. bend my ear to see if he was saying anything. And, yeah. um, it's been a month since I got released from the hospital. And so I have just kind of searched myself for how can I re-engage with my spiritual life when I don't have a lot of spoons, even to give in that area. Yeah. And one of the things that my husband and I started doing for Advent is called, um, it's called, there's a book called common prayer. It's yes. um, Shane Claiborne and some other auth- authors and some parts of it feel really weird to me because I don't come from a liturgical background, yeah. but parts of it I, I'm really appreciating right now because it's, um, 
it, it's very scripted. So we're reading this together. It's meant for communal time together. And uh, there's always a call and response from the Psalms. Mm-hmm. There's um like a written prayer that you read. There's a written uh, cadence that you say together. We're always reading a section of the Old Testament and a section of the New Testament. And um, just going through that every day with my husband, it takes 15 or 20 minutes and mm-hmm. it's predictable. It's not requiring a whole lot of mental energy because it's kind of just there for you. You just have to step in and participate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. that's something that has just kind of helped to keep me on track and yeah. and I don't have to have like like you said that mental energy of beating myself up that I'm not doing enough in my spiritual life you know <laughs> yeah I think you know and this will be the final thing I say because I know we're <laughs> we've taken up a lot of our listeners sides it's okay because I think as you're talking about that it takes me back to what I was saying with those good enough meals right like how sometimes I think we do put a lot of pressure on Um, our spirituality to say like, oh, I need to sit down and read the Bible and dive into commentaries and do this for an hour a day. And when we don't have spoons for that, then I, I often, and I'll just be very honest about this, can step into an all or nothing mentality of like, I can either do that for a whole hour and put all this energy into it, or I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so such a good reminder as we're talking about spoons. Um, a spoons don't just apply to physical energy. We have different categories you can apply them to. And if you don't have the mental energy to read a whole chapter, even of the Bible, um, just reading a couple verses, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's it's good enough. Like we don't have to go above and beyond. That's the equivalent of a quick microwavable bag of broccoli right and just just (laughs) shove it in the microwave it's good enough right like it gets the job done yeah I like that that's good the one last thing I would say that is um helping is I'm letting people help me which Mm -hmm. is its Mm -hmm. own own issue you know because I like to be the one to help other people and I like to be the one to be self-sufficient and do everything but there have been people that have um, asked if they can send a meal or um, cook a meal or door dash a meal or, <laughs> or come and sit with me or help give my kids rides or things like that. And I've just had to say, okay, yes, you can do yes. that because yes. my impulse is to say, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. I don't want to put you out. You know, that's the impulse. But what I need to do is to allow them to have the opportunity to serve and help that way. Yeah, it's so important and so difficult. It can be really hard, but it is really important too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um, Thanks, Jess, for the conversation today. And Jess is the one that really does a lot of the research into this. So (laughs) thank you for doing that too. So I can just come on here and and be able to talk to you about these things. And um, listeners, I hope that you have a happy new year and we will be back whenever we're back. We don't know exactly when, and we'll be um, bringing some new stuff for the new year. We're just going to trust the process. (laughs) (laughs) Trust the Lord. (laughs) Yes, we are. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. 
you can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.